Welcome to the Detroit Lions News Podcast. Me and Tyler are here, and Tyler's back, and, you know, he didn't get he didn't get caught from the team. He didn't get caught. He's hey, what's up, man? He's alive yeah, and well, yeah. and we resigned him to a contract like, you know, oh, Brett yeah. Combs is, is hoping that he can sign Jamal Max Williams. Max deal, baby. No, I, I, was, listen, I had a, I had I'm a, not a handing, I'm a... not, listen, I'm not handing out the Max deals like uh, SVG did with uh, Blake Griffin and, and uh, what was it? What was the other dude oh. that he? Oh, dude, I don't know. Just he, he handed out, hand out some silly contracts. He handed sure. out max deals like it was going on style. He was like, "You want him?" Andre you, Drummond to give him like a max deal. Yeah, uh, he was. He was like, "Oprah, you want a max deal here? You want a max deal here? You want a max deal here?" It's like, uh, yeah, it's like Matt Millen with the wide receiver just couldn't help himself. You know? No, but I, uh, I'm, I'm excited to, to hop back on here, man. I, uh, for those of you wondering, I just uh, everything has been cool and great. I just started a, uh, started a new job. Um, so I uh, just had to go through some, some training and been really busy with that, but, uh, schedule is forming, um, back now and I've got, you know, some free time that's opened up. So we'll be back. I'll be able to be back on regularly and it's, uh, you know, it's been super fun and I'm really excited, but, uh, yeah, man, I'm down to talk some off season and see what, uh, what the hell we're going to do this off season. I think this is probably the biggest, uh, and most positive and brightest off season, that one of the biggest ones uh, that I've seen in a really long time, just because of terms of where we're at as a team, the momentum that we had and uh, what, what we could really do next year if we have a really strong off season. So I think this is uh, really, really important. This will be um, off season number three for three. Brad Holmes. Yeah. Three. Yep. So this is really important, man. That third one is always, I feel like uh, the most important because year three next year is going to be uh big time for this regime. And yeah, let's, uh, let's dive into it. Yeah. So here's the thing. If you guys are tuning in and you see the graphic saying that, you know, the mock draft that we are doing the mock draft, but first we got to get to the news and notes. And we start with the one thing that I think me and Tyler are both, you know, keenly aware of is that Brad Holmes and Jamal Williams have, uh, they've entered, um, they have mutual interest in negotiating a contract Whatever the hell that means, but I think that they're gonna get it done. I think he's probably gonna sign for like three point five to four million dollars a year. That would be a perfect ideal scenario for me. Yeah. I, um, yeah. No, I I just uh, the the contracts this season um, for getting these key guys resigned. Um, you know, Jamal Williams. Um, Anzalone, or I would mind Anzalone as a depth piece. Yeah. Um, you got, you know, Kaminsky, some of these guys. I mean, these big, um, these looming free agent deals from our guys. The great thing is, is we don't, we're not about to lose anybody that's going to break the bank, right? We're not, we're oh, yeah. not, we're, we're not, not there lo- yet on like guys like, like Lamar Amin. Jackson or Tony Pollard or anything. Well, like well that. I'm talking about even from our guys, like we're not, it's not time yet to pay Sewell. Right. Ra, Aiden Hutchinson, Malcolm oh, Rodriguez. So that, yeah, that's we're in exactly, a good spot. That's exactly what I'm saying. Like you have no free agent to like, okay, if we lose this guy, we are effing fuck. Like I would be upset if we lost Jamal Williams, but like would our team completely crumble if we lost Jamal Williams Jamal no. Williams? I mean, no. You know, we we'd be fine. I, I really want him. He's a great leader, he's a great locker room guy, he's a great fit, and he runs hard and he's not a pussy when he runs like unlike um Swift. Um <laughs> but uh he, ever since he man he hurt himself in the beginning of the year. He just he ran soft for so many weeks. But yeah, that's another topic. But uh, but no, I I would really like him to come back. But if he absolutely doesn't, I mean, it's not the end of the world. 
See, here's the, I'm glad you brought up DeAndre Swift because uh, Campbell and the coaches thought they had a good plan in place slash training camp to keep uh, running back DeAndre Swift healthy throughout the season, but Swift missed time with ankle and shoulder injuries and dealt with those most of the season. Campbell said they will put another plan in place this year and hope it helps because Swift is a rare talent that can go to the house on any given play. I don't know what plan you're going to actually put out there. I mean, I think I know what this plan involves. It's going to be drafting another running back and putting like Swift on there, like a kind of be like kind of being like that change of pace back. But like, if they can set in Jamal Williams and they can get it, they can draft a guy. I think that would be like the ideal scenario. Yeah, um, I, I actually think that I don't. I don't think Jim or I don't think uh, Swift likes Deuce Staley. Um, just seeing his body language and seeing uh, like how Deuce wanted him to play through injuries and like was always kind of like riding his ass about like so so there's that I like Deuce Staley as a coach. I thought he was he was a good motivator, a good running back coach. He's smart, but there are some things I didn't like. One of the things I didn't necessarily like about him is that he like didn't want to let certain guys like Swift like actually play to his strengths. He would always like scream at him for not cutting it up inside or not powering through or not trucking people. And I get the concept. Like sometimes you like have to just lower your shoulder, lower your head and, and, and get upfield, you know, but, uh, but also that's not what makes Swift special either. Um, yeah. You know, he is an, he bounces it outside. He is a, an agile, elusive threat. So, um, I think that the mindset was great about, look, you need to toughen up. Let's not be so soft. Let's play through some of this stuff. Um, but in the same breath, I don't think they necessarily got along because he was kind of always harping on him and not letting him be himself. I mean, obviously they had mutual respect for each other being uh, coach and player. And I, and this is, this, there's no source confirming this or anything. It's just kind of speculation and body language I saw throughout the season. And I know that they love and respect each other from a business standpoint, but I think definitely um, – you know, you get a guy in there who truly lets our guys be themselves uh, all the way, um, and I think it'll pay big dividends. But this is the last year for Swift, man. I I know that there's been reports come out that the team is reportedly not interested in a long-time future with Andrew Swift, really, at this time. So this is his, kind of his last year to prove it. And he's got insane playmaking and explosive abilities, and he's got he can blow the game open at any point in time. But uh, you got to be able to stay on the field. And and you got to be available, and that's been his only downside so far. And so this is this is his last tryout. Yeah, I think you know what you said about Deuce Staley. Maybe that's true. You got to like a coach when he's uh he's kind of hard on the guy though. I mean, there's some. Oh yeah. There's some sure. time. There's sometimes where we watch DeAndre Swift and he's not running where he should be, and he's getting himself in trouble. So that's that's one of the reasons I think that Deuce Staley was saying that. But here's the thing about DeAndre Swift. No matter what the guy does this year, I don't care if he breaks Barry Sanders' rushing record. I don't want him. I don't want him resign next year, unless it's at a right. unless it's at a friendly discount where you know maybe it's two years, and like a, a contract like Jamal Williams or maybe something like that, you know. But I don't want I don't want to sign him next year. I we need to go get a running back in the draft this year so we can have him ready for next year. Um. You just can't pay running backs like DeAndre Swift. Like, they're just – it doesn't stay healthy. And I laughed my ass off when I seen that one stupid fuck from, like, the NFL Pro Network or whatever the hell it's called. And he's saying that the Lions should sign Saquon Barkley. I'm like, dude, 
we already have a freaking injury fucking riddled guy in Saquon and yeah. in, in DeAndre Swift. We don't need another guy who is like totally one step away from the hospital. Like we got a bunch of guys on the AARP plan right now. No, I completely agree. I, uh, I think that, you know, we look, the appeal of Saquon Barkley is obviously nice. I mean, he is a super talented guy, but he one is going to want way too much money. And two, he's about available as much as Swift, if we're being honest. I mean, he, he's had a, he's put together a couple fully healthy seasons, but I mean, I think year two, three, and four, um, I mean, or at least year two and three, I mean, he barely made, he barely was on the field. So, I mean, do you want to just pay a guy who you're going to be in a similar situation with, but you're going to have to pay three times as much money? Like, I'm good. I didn't, I didn't get that whole thing, but the next thing that uh, Brett Holmes said, and uh, they met with the quarterback today, and I swear to God, Tyler, I will come on here freaking effing up a storm, dude. I will be out here like totally F-bombing these these guys if they do this. So the Lions met with Anthony Richardson today, and I got to tell you, I got to tell you, like, I know you, listen, there was a time where you're like, I think we should draft this Anthony Richardson kid. We should draft this Anthony. And I, we and we were in that group chat, and someone someone was saying, "Oh, I think this Anthony Richardson guy. I think he's a really good player." I'm like, "Oh my god, do you watch this guy?" But they met with Anthony Richardson. Brad Holmes said that uh, you know he wants to get a quarterback to develop behind Jared Goff. What does that mean? I don't know. What is some, it? Some guys in some other areas, man, are, are really taking that as a stretch, and they're really like doing backflips over this. There was yeah. nothing. And let me repeat, if you listen to the audio by Brad Holmes, there is nothing, and I mean absolutely nothing, that indicated that, look, we're taking a guy at 6 or 18. He said super average and super normal response of, hey, look, we, I didn't have my guys in the position last year to develop as much as I wanted to um, from a backup quarterback standpoint, and we're basically going to, um, you know, look into that position, whether it's through the draft or through the offseason. Tell me if I, I'm tell me if I'm wrong. He's just doing his due diligence. Tell me if I'm wrong. Okay. Like I, I cut you off for a minute, but tell no, me you're if because I think we're on the same page here. When Brad Holmes said that yesterday, what he meant was okay, we can get a guy late in the draft, maybe a guy like Jake Hayner from Fresno State, maybe a guy like DTR from UCLA or Aiden O'Connell, or Max Duggan, or someone along those lines. Late in the draft, you get the guy, and you develop him behind Jared Goff. Because here's the thing. If you drafted Anthony Richardson, or you drafted any quarterback, I mean, there's only one quarterback that I'd be open to taking, and I kind of talked myself into it the other day when I was kind of making – we were doing the draft mock draft prep or whatever. That's C.J. Stroud, but I don't think he's going to be there, and I don't think Bryce Young's going to be there no matter – how short he is. I, 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 listen, if he's short, someone's going to take his ass. I don't care what it maybe says. But I think what Brad Holmes meant by that was we're going to get a guy later in a draft. We're going to develop him. We can't rely on Nate Sudfeld anymore. I mean, we know what Nate Sudfeld is. So it, do, you, do you take the same thing out of it that I, I did? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I just think that he basically admitted that he – wasn't fully prepared last offseason for the backup quarterback role and that he's owning up to that. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that because we were kind of scrambling around for a backup guy, which in the NFL is kind of an important position because you want to know if your guy goes down, you can, you know, you can continue to, to 
grow and prosper in that position. And um, like I said, I don't think there was anything wrong with what he said. I don't think that means we're reaching for a quarterback or we're doing anything special. I think that this honestly just means that he's – listen, Brad Holmes is the type of guy that answers questions because he he's care, he's very careful and articulate with how he answers his questions because he doesn't want anything to be perceived the wrong way. So he is going to say a lot of things um, that are kind of on the fence, but that's just – how he answers things. He's a smart GM. And then also, I also think that a big part of that was trying to create a smoke screen the best he can. Yeah, of exactly. like, hey, if a guy wants to trade up to six and go get Will Levis or go get CJ Stroud, then we're going to, we'll, we'll, we'll do it. Yeah, exactly. And that, and when we get to the mock draft, you're going to see exactly what I, I kind of envision what's going to happen. And I think people, I think people are, I'm just going to say it right now. I think people are going to have to go to the hospital because that erection is going to be lost lasting longer than four hours. <laughs> I'll just tell you that that would be next in the mock draft, but here's, here's the thing, Tyler. So the last thing I want to get to was this NFL player survey. Uh, it, it's kind of a good, it's kind of a good thing by the NFL PA kind of gauging uh, some of these teams and, and um, how bad they are. So with the lions, they rank 15th and, there was two issues that were highlighted as areas of improvement for first uh, feeling that which the training room was under, understaffed and the food service was significantly lacking. They ranked the top, they ranked among the top in the league in treatment of families, weight room, which those are two important things. Uh, strength coaches, travel and a locker room. Those are two key things, but here's what's funny. I, I looked at this ratings list. Okay. I got to Jacksonville. They were an F rating. It's that's, that's fucking pitiful. But listen to this. Tell me if you would go play at this this fucking joint. Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> ranked as the 28th best team on our guys. If they rank the 28th best team, we got problems. This is a, right. there, there, there was an issue with rats in the locker room. Yes, you heard it f- f- right. Rats in the locker room. They had rats in the That's locker room. insane. The the player the number one thing they want to change at their facility the answer it was unanimous get rid of the rats players reported that three for that for three to four weeks this season there was a rat infestation in the locker room and laundry hampers Blah, oh my god yeah that's when you when you start to think that maybe you got it bad uh, you know uh, in Detroit or the Lions or this or that. Dude, uh, I mean, we have to be thankful we don't have rats running around our locker room. And, you know, look, at the end of the day, you know, with all these teams, we're going to be putting things together. Um, I'd say that, thankfully, we've got a very good foundation uh, so far. And yeah. that, you know, we, the, look, if the only thing we need to work on is the the the, the nutrition staff because they yeah. their, their, lo- their lines are too long, like, we're, we're doing all right. So that's good to hear. Well, if you if you play for the Arizona Cardinals, um, you don't even get food. You have to pay for it on your own. Wow. They rank, they rank 31st, and the funny thing about it was they didn't rank good in any category. They literally ranked – the best they ranked was 17th. That just goes to show me that, like, Sheila is doing the best she can to, like, provide a good area for these, like, young men. Obviously, um, we, know, and, obviously you know. we know who ranked last. It was the Washington Commanders. It, there's no need to highlight them because – First of all, that stadium's a dinge hole if you've ever been there, and it's just a garbage. But like at Arizona's facility, uh, they said they're, they're one of the fourteen teams that do not offer a family room, they do not offer daycare, 
If players would like dinner, it would be boxed up for them, but players reported that the team will charge them via payroll deduction. That is apparently the only club that does this. <laughs> like, what the... That's, that's insane. The way you, you, make, make... you make billions of dollars. I know these guys make a lot of money, but you're making billions and billions of dollars, and you're going to payroll deduct somebody for a meal? Like, that's Get this. Plus. Get this, Tyler. It gets worse. The weight room is like the lifeblood of your, your, your whole football team, right? Because everyone's going to go use it, all that shit. The player, the players describe it as a health and safety risk just to walk through the weight room. That's for Arizona. Yeah, the flooring is nearly That's... a unanimous complaint. The floors aren't even. The floorboards are peeling up, and seventy-three percent think that they should have enough strength coaches. That percentage is the lowest in the NFL, dude. If I would, Arizona is a nice place. Like it, it, they, it seems like a nice place. But after reading that, you're like, what free agent would want to go there? Well, then you got to think too, like how much did they pretty that up because of hard knocks? I mean, you know what I mean? Well, not, yeah, yeah, not only that, but like, like how how bad was it that you know these players were like, dude, it's horrible. Like this is like the worst. Well, if you, that's what I'm saying. If you see all these nice things on hard knocks, how much did and they not, put lipstick on a pig? You know? Then not to mention you got freaking Kim John Kyler over there rule the whole locker room. It's like holy hell, dude. Yeah, it's tough. I'm glad. See. There, this is one thing it can say about the Lions. Like, I, I know we're happy about Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell, whatever. But at least like the ownership puts money into it. Like they're getting new turf. They're doing getting new turf at the practice. I, I tell you what, Sheila's done a lot more than I thought that either of her parents ever really did. So it's 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 amazing to it's amazing to see what she's done in, in such a short period of time. I uh, I'm definitely excited to see kind of well because look, man, you know what. You get more positive coaches, you get better players, you get a better culture, you get a better system. And next thing you know, I mean, that's like you, you that's how you really truly evolve your culture, evolve your team, because now, you know, you get new turf and then you get new facilities. And, oh, you know what? Our owner and our coaches and our GM is the type to listen to our players. So, you know, now Rod Wood and Sheila and they're talking now and it's like, OK, well, then let's spend a little money to make a money. And so, you know, you don't you know what I mean? Like, that, that's just how like you, you just you breed a good culture and you actually change things from the inside out. Like I was worried because, you know, in the first couple of years, especially that first year, you know, not worried, but you know, you lose a lot again and you're like, man, I really hope this works out. Fingers crossed. I really hope this works out. But then everything from the top to the bottom, from the studs in um, it is truly changing. And that's how you know that like, we're going to be set up, you know, for, to be different, you know, we're not going to be the same Detroit lions that we were, man. And, and it's going to be, you know, stuff that is long-term sustainable for being truly different, you know, from, from, from the top down. So it's a good sign, you know, there's, you don't like to compare yourself necessarily to other teams, but it's nice to know that, you know, a lot, a lot of our facilities and the treatment of our players on top of that culture we're trying to build is, you know, in a positive direction. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. That's what you want. And like, you know, obviously with the, having the guys like uh, the owners in the, the city of Detroit, like the Illages and everything, I mean, I heard Darren McCarty. He's on Woodward Sports, and he does a he does a great job because I respect the hell out of Darren. Guy's a guy's a total freaking lunatic, and I mean that in a good way. He's a total badass. Uh, he said that he Sheila Ford reminds him a little bit of Mike Gillich, and if you know anything about Mike Gillich, he was one, probably one of the best owners of all time, especially with the, how the Red Wings had had their run and the Tigers had their run, and obviously they're rebuilding now. And, but he said, you know, Mike Gillich, 
Sheila reminds him of Mike Illich. And I, I was like, if that's the case, Lions fans are going to be pretty freaking happy. Yeah. No, uh, Mr. I was uh, always, from what I heard and read, was a great owner and cared a lot about his, his staff and his players and would, would do anything and that he could to win. And um, he put a lot of money and time and effort into to getting the Tigers a ring this last, you know, years. And uh, it's a shame that they couldn't bring it home, but you know he he did everything he could, man, and and he got he had a lot of love and respect and admiration from, um, from those uh, you know around him and around the league. So yeah, he um, did he did it. They did a that's great a job. Big, that's they a good comparison. That's they did a great lofty. job. And uh, you know what, the guy like Darren McCarty saying that he he knows him, Mister I really was, and if he's saying it, I I believe it because he's obviously been in that locker room and he knows what he's talking about, unlike a lot of other you know, slap guys over in certain places. But I just like what Sheila Ford's doing. And I think that they're going to, I think they're, they're slowly making their way back to, um, you know, being a team that you could say, yeah, they're doing things right. They don't have a cheap owner. We It could be a lot worse than what we have right now. And I think that the Lions have done a pretty good job of that. And Rod Wood and Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell, they all deserve credit because they're all playing the same, you know, on the same team and I think they're doing the upgrades because that's what needs to be done and it's good for them and now we have to upgrade the football team and Tyler we are going to have our mock draft so you need to sit tight we're going to give you the mock draft 1.0 before the pre-comp you know before the combine and it will be interesting to see what Tyler has because I have a feeling Tyler will piss me off but we'll we'll talk about it <laughs> All right, guys, the mock draft 1.0 before the combine is here. Tyler was all giddy about this. He was all like, oh, yeah, like, I'm ready to go, dude. Like, So we're going to see what he, has, what he has to offer. He has some dream mock that he has, he has to give you, which he'll give you at the, at the end of the podcast. But first, we're going to get to our two offseason moves that we're going to make. Now, these could be trades. These could be free agent signings, whatever it may be. But the trade's got to be really realistic. So, Tyler, yeah. what is what is your moves? Yeah, so, um, I mean, mine are pretty, like, they align um, pretty, like, similar to a lot of people's um, kind of dream boards. Um, so, I kind of have, uh, you know, a couple moves that I would really like to see um, us make. And so um, the first one is just keeping it obvious with the Detroit or, or the uh, Los Angeles Rams ties uh, and getting uh, Bobby Wagner in free agency. Um, I think that that's a huge move. I mean, I still think he's a top three linebacker um, in the league. He finished number one uh, last year in uh, all coverage linebackers. So I think there is a huge spot, um, you know, for him on this team. Um, and then another, um, depending on the um, price tag, uh, is going to be um, TJ Edwards uh, from the Eagles. Okay. Um, so uh, I really like each of those guys. I think we need an athletic uh, coverage linebacker. Honorable mention being uh, Tremaine Edmonds. Um, like I said, I, I think we need a strong veteran linebacker. I just, I just think it's essential for us and where we're at right now. Um, and then I, uh, I want to, um, I want to ship off, uh, a second this year, a second next year, 
um, and possibly a fourth next year and uh, bring Jalen Ramsey to Detroit. I think it is a perfect fit. I think anyone th- saying that he is not a cultural fit or not a play style fit is, uh, is, is losing their mind. Jalen Ramsey is a top five corner still in this league, and he is on the right side of 30. He is 28, um, and he is a baller, man. Um, that guy is uh, perfect Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes guy, and, uh, you know, he's familiar with a lot of our personnel development, and I think it's a match made in heaven. So bring on Bobby Wagner and Jalen Ramsey, and let's just add on to the whole Detroit Rams uh, theme here for uh, being facetious. And, and you brought TJ um, You brought TJ Edwards too? Yeah, yeah. I uh, Depending on the price. I mean, depending on what Bobby Wagner uh, signs for, if we are to get him, uh, I still think we uh, – and I obviously you know you have to pay uh, Ramsey big money. Um, but in the uh, in the scenario, and this sounds like a scenario, it's more like a Bobby Wagner or TJ Edwards, um, in my opinion, just because it's going to be difficult to 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 spend that much money when we're not in a position where we necessarily want to spend a ton of okay, money. So, yeah, um, yeah. So, so it's, either, yeah. it's either it's either one of the linebackers. Yeah, if I can't get Bobby, yeah, if I can't get Bobby Wagner, I'm going to want to go out and get um, TJ Edwards. Okay, so with mine, I have I also have. I also have um, a linebacker, and it's gonna be Levante David, because I think I think Levante David would be a perfect guy to you know put. Um, I think he's more willing to mentor a young linebacker because he did it in Tampa Bay. I think that's 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 something that you need to look at. Um, but here's the thing: here's where I get a little bit off the track, and Tyler, you, we're gonna have a little bit of an issue. Um, I also have the Lions trading for Jalen Ramsey, but hear me out when I say this, because when we get to my mock draft, you're going to see exactly why we traded for Jalen Ramsey and what we traded him for. I'm giving the LA Rams a first round pick next year. And that's okay. what, that's what I'm doing. I mean, I don't hate it. I, I I did hear rumor and I can't cite my source right now because I don't remember exactly who it was from, but I did hear rumor that said um, those close to LA um, would consider um, the starting point for Jalen Ramsey at two second round picks or a combination of like a second and third. So um, I, uh, but obviously two seconds is uh, depending on where that first round pick is, is pretty similar in a uh, trade value points um, for a first round pick. So we're, we're pretty similar on the, on the trade value there. Um, but yeah, I'm willing to give up a second this year and a second next year. Um, and you know, if we have to throw in like a fourth or a fifth to get it done, sure. But I think we're both on the similar page about what Ramsey to deserves and are yeah. the Rams deserve in a compensation. Um, and we're both more than happy to bring him here. Like I said, I think because that I, guy is a dog, man. He's feel, a stun. I feel like here's the thing. People are going to be pissed when they say they see me, uh, trade a first round pick next year for Jalen Ramsey. But when I tell you what we did in that trade, in a draft day trade, you're going to be like, hell to yeah, yeah. Like, let's go. Like, we're going to have people just going bonkers over this shit. Here's the thing. If we trade our draft pick next year, right, the first round pick, I expect the Lions to be a really good team next year. So I don't think that pick is going to really matter. You know what I'm saying? So right. I'm we're going to get into why I picked, I chose that first round pick because – I have a feeling, Tyler, you're going to like what I have to say, too. So, without further ado, we're going to get to the mock draft. Um, yep. And just to let everybody know, I'm going to go through the first mock that I did, which is more of a realistic mock. Well, I think uh, the second I think, the mock I think, towards I think, the end, I have kind of a dream mock scenario that I, I, think, I would 
you know. I think we're going to go the way we're going to do this. Is I'll do pick six. You'll do pick six first. I'll do pick six, and then we'll keep going back and forth. Yep. So I got, uh, like I said, this is my more realistic mock about how the, the draft should probably go or is kind of most likely um, most likely to go. Um, and then we will kind of go from there. Um, so, all righty. Um, in the 2023 NFL draft, the Detroit Lions at the sixth overall pick select Christian Gonzalez, cornerback out of Oregon. Um, I, I love this. I I love this guy. I don't know if I love him at six. I kind of would prefer, I I, I chose to not do any trade backs in the scenario. I would prefer Christian Gonzalez and more of like, you know, um, nine or, um, 12. Um, I don't think he'll be there at 18, kind of why I took him early, but I'm also under the impression too, that if you have a guy that is your guy, um, then you've got to go get them. So um, there's a couple guys in here um, that I could have kind of gone with just to kind of give you an idea where my mind's at. Uh, would, one would be like um, Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech, uh, De- uh, Devon Witherspoon um, out of Illinois. Uh, and uh, that's pretty much like my three. Um, I, I, I myself prefer a trade back uh, at this pick. Um, but that's uh, that, that that's my that's my pick in this mock, and I'm uh, gonna stick to it. So uh, here's where you went wrong. You went cornerback in the top top ten. I hate I hate that shit. I get man, Gonzalez and Witherspoon are both uh, to me they're um, better prospects at the cornerback position um, than we've seen in a in a while. Um, I I think that I I know, just here the only one that I the only corner I could ever get myself wrapped around the drafting was last year with Sauce Gardner because I watched him and I I just loved the way he played and he didn't give up a touchdown at Cincinnati and I just knew the kid's gonna be good. I don't look at whether Spooner or Gonzalez the same way. Like I look at Gonzalez like I know people love the guy, but this is the reason I'm going with Jalen Ramsey. Uh, I traded for Jalen Ramsey. And I'll get to that in a moment. What I traded, uh, what who I traded with, um. So like I'm getting Jalen Ramsey because I don't believe any of these corners that you're gonna get in the first round, like a Witherspoon, like um, a, a Witherspoon or a Gonzalez or a lot of people like Joey Porter, which I do too. But to getting him in the top fifteen is kind of, it, I'm not I'm not ready to. My right, I almost like I said I would love if we traded back with the Panthers for this pick and got their ninth pick and maybe like an additional second or third. Oh my um, God, Tyler, you're getting to what I'm I'm gonna get to <laughs> next because I'm just saying like not to spoil it, but I don't need a ton back in compensation if we want to move back a few spots. Like I just need we just need something. Yeah, I I, I feel. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> when I did my mock draft, I, there was one scenario where I couldn't. I I was thinking. How am I going to get Jalen Ramsey in Detroit? How am I going right. to? How am I going to get? Uh, like, how am I going to keep some of my picks that I have? And I kind of did a Stevie Y method. I gathered a bunch of freaking picks from someone to trade up, and that team was the Carolina Panthers. Awesome. So yeah, what's up? Let's go. Let's uh, roll into your first pick, then, eh? So the Carolina Panthers traded. Um, I'm going to go back to it. They traded that the, for pick six. They traded the ninth pick. The they gave him the 39th pick and they gave you a 2024 first round pick. That's what they gave. Wow. That's, that's what they gave me. So, I don't, man, that's a bit steep for them. I don't know if they pay that, but I mean, you are well, here's, up here's, here's, what I'm, here's, here's what I'm relying on. 
here's what I'm relying on. I, the reason I, I, I boated it with it, like, back and forth, like, it was just a realistic, you know, scenario. And here's where I came up with a solution that this is a realistic scenario. Anthony Richardson is going to blow it up at the combine. I just know he is because he's, he's an athletic freak. I know that there's going to be a bidding war to get up to in the top six, especially to get above Oakland. I mean, the Vegas Raiders. That's going to be right. where people are going to be. And they're, at, and they're at seven, right? Yeah, they're at seven. They're so below. people are going to try to jump hit them at six. Well, you know, and you know how crazy the people know how crazy the Raiders are. You know, they, so they're the Raiders are freaking insane. So I, I just look at it like there's going to be a bid war. Like you know, I think Tennessee is going to get involved in trading up. I really do. I think they're going to be a team to look out for. But I just think that even if you take away the 39th pick, okay, because I, I I can take away the 39th pick, but I think that that's a realistic trade because I think Carolina is trying to get up there. I mean, we could you could look at some of the, the trade value charts, and it kind of you're overpaying a little bit, but you're not overpaying as much as you think. And here's the thing: yeah. I'm giving up. I'm giving up a first round pick next year for the Lions because I got Carolina's pick. I think Carolina's gonna suck next year unless they got Derek Carr. Then that throws this whole freaking scenario out out the board. But like, I think Derek Carr is going to New Orleans, so I'm not really worried about it. Yeah, I, uh, I no, I do, I do love that. I love trading back there, um, and I do think. Give me one second. Nope. You still there? Yeah. Oh, okay. I had a call uh, coming through. Um, no, I do think that they're a good, um, you know, candidate for that. I don't mind trading down. Um, so yeah, who did you have with your? first round selection so with the ninth pick of the 2023 nfl draft the detroit lions select tyree wilson defensive end from texas tech and listen the reason i'm doing this i'm telling you right now tyler the reason i'm doing this is it's simple i want a freaking gauntlet of guys up on that defensive line Listen, if they're going to go and if, if teams are going to try to, you know, dipsy daddle and start throwing a ball against us, they're going to have a freaking issue. I want total savages. We already got one savage in Houston. That guy's a freaking madman. He's he's over here contorting his body like he's a gymnast. We got freaking Hutch that's like six seven and like a built like a shit brick house. Like, cool. We're good. You got Pascal. You got, you got uh, Romeo Aquara. If you don't get cut, uh, you got maybe if you sign John Kaminsky back, you got Lee McNeil, all great. I just want to build this defensive line where you're going for the next three to four years. We don't have to worry about a contract extension or nothing. Just we're going to go for it. We're going to build the best defensive line. And if you had the best defensive line, you put yourself in a position to win a lot of freaking football games. No, hundred percent. I mean, and I think it's very important um, that we see where, um, you know, where we can shore up on those weak spots. I mean, and like I said, like you said in previous um, mocks, or not mocks, I'm sorry, like you said in previous podcasts, uh, a lot of this stuff's going to be addition by subtraction. So even though we may have had some good units in certain areas, if we can get some guys for good value, like say we replace Romeo Aquara or Charles Harris with, Mm -hmm. uh, say, you know, a, uh, a guy like Tyree Wilson, then, I mean, right there, you're now bumping down what was our starter. Now their depth 
you know, and now the guy coming in has a chance to really be something special. And I mean, our defensive line is shaping up to have a ton of depth and be really special. Um, and I think it's, you know, building through the trenches is one of the most important things in a football team. And I think Brad Holmes really values that a lot. So I, I don't hate it. Um, just like I was saying, I, they're definitely my, he's definitely my honorable mention um, when it comes to another guy you could select within that top 10. So good pick. So I like it. Yeah. Go with yep. your uh, next, go with your next pick. Yeah, so in uh in, in my draft after taking uh Christian Gonzalez, which I do feel is a bit of a stretch, uh I just kind of went and got my guy. I didn't do any trades in this specific mock. Um my next pick at 18 was uh Trenton Simpson, linebacker out of Clemson. Um smaller linebacker, but uh certainly has um a lot of physicality um and he is quick. And he has, um, you know, a lot of of uh, side to side speed. So I think uh, putting a, a guy that's kind of versatile, he kind of reminds me uh, a little bit of like an Isaiah Simmons. So he can line up in the slot, he can line up at safety, he can line up in the box. And uh, for being a smaller framed guy, um, you know, he can he can uh, he can tackle man. He can put the smackdown on people. So uh, I took Trent Simpson at eighteen and um, kind of shore up that uh, that athleticism in our linebacking core that we so desperately need. Yeah, so with my pick, um, my next pick is going to be the 18th pick, obviously. And um, listen, I feel like you can go a couple different ways with it. But if I'm getting Jalen Ramsey, with pick 18, I have to go, I have to do a double dip. And I know you directed a corner, and you you kind of double dip, but I'm not, I'm only picking one corner because I, I, I just feel this is the best way to go about it. But I'm going to get to Cam Smith from uh, South Carolina at pick 18. I think he's a guy who can he can really be on the opposite side of Jalen Ramsey. I feel like he can learn from Jalen Ramsey. I feel like Jalen Ramsey would like to. I feel like they have the similar care, you know, the similar traits to their game where they're kind of like ball hawks and they like to play physical. I feel like Jalen Ramsey would be a perfect like uh, guy in the locker room for Cam Smith. You know, being that they're the same player and they like to play man ball. I love it. I would love it. Cam Smith at South Carolina when he was against Jalen Hyatt and against in that Tennessee-South Carolina game where Tennessee looked like they were just out to lunch. They they weren't ready to play. And uh, Cam Smith, he shut down Jalen Hyatt the whole game. And I loved watching that because it shows that, one, I know South Carolina is not a good football team, but it shows me that when you go against the best players, you can shut them down. And that's really – that's that's something that you need. And if I could put Jalen Ramsey on the opposite side of Cam Smith and then put – Jerry Jacobs in the slot, I think we're winning some football games. Not to mention, with the defensive end that we drafted, Tyree Wilson, with the ninth pick that I drafted, I'm getting to the quarterback. My corners are going to have – they're going to have ample amount of time. They're going to be able to play some uh, ball hawking style, uh, you know, in that backfield. Yeah. No, I, I, I think it's a good move. Um, so, yeah, so you got Tyree Wilson and Cam Smith as your top two. Um, your two first two picks. Uh, with me, my third pick at forty-eight. I actually went. Uh, I went another corner. I got two corners in this uh, draft, and this is uh, that forty-eight a cornerback from Mississippi State, Emmanuel Forbes. Um, Emmanuel Forbes is one of my favorite prospects in this draft. He you bounces du- off you the double dipped on corners. You went oh tri- yeah, oh yeah. I listen, listen. You got listen. You go from having Jeff Okuda, Will Harris. And um, and Jerry Jacobs and our and Amani Arawari as your four corners, right? 
In this scenario, you now all of a sudden you have Jalen Ramsey, Christian Gonzalez, Emmanuel Forbes, Jeff Okuda, and for depth you have Jerry Jacobs. Uh, that is a strong, no, strong line cornerback position. Here's where I'm gonna. Here's but, where I'm gonna well, hold on. Hold on. Here's hold where on, I'm gonna spar with you though. You can't put Jerry Jacobs as a depth guy because he's way better than a depth guy. But 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 what? But hear me out here. I in this scenario. I am completely comfortable, and I know this sounds cra- uh, sounds crazy to some people. For me, it's not because I've been a big Jeff Okuda fan for a long time. In this scenario, I am leaving a wide open door for either a position change or a walk out the door for Jeff Okuda. Um, I've seen he had a good. He, listen, he had a good year in the beginning of the year last year. Um, either he's going to have to figure it out, or he's either going to have to get a position change, maybe to uh, safety. Or and uh, like kind of an, an out, uh, hybrid linebacker, or he's going to have to pack his bags. I I've been a Jeff defender and a Jeff believer since day one, and I still think he has room for an NFL roster and to be a good player. But uh, in this scenario, we have the NFL's worst cornerback group, and I needed to add two young guys with that has that's going to have a lot of room to grow and develop, and it takes a while for cornerbacks to grow and develop. So that's, I don't hate that, that's exactly I don't hate it at all. That's exactly why I'm gonna kind of critique your pick a little Emmanuel bit. Emmanuel Forbes is a lot like I like uh, I like Emmanuel Darius Forbes. Summer. I love Emmanuel Forbes. I think he's I think he's spitting him Darius. Like I watched him at Mississippi State. He's great. When you double when you triple dip on corners though, here's the here's the issue you run into. One two of these guys are one one is it takes time for cornerbacks to develop, okay? Like, we've just seen with Jeff Okuda, like, this was pretty much his first full year of playing, and he wasn't ready to play yet. Maybe in the second year, he turns around, and having a guy like Jalen Ramsey on the other side, maybe him and Jerry Jacobs look like they're legit. And that's why I was going out to get Cam Smith, because, you know, like, look, I could put, put Jeff Okuda in a slot. We got, you can make a du- bunch of different moves. When you move three quarter corners in there, I mean, you're just asking for trouble. And the second part about it is, I don't think they're gonna going away from Will Harris. I think they love Will Harris, to be honest. I think that he's one of those guys that they think that is like uh, something that they want in their corners. Listen, you don't have to like Will Harris. I don't like Will Harris at all. I think he's a good. I think he's a decent player. I mean, but like using spots, he would be pretty damn good. But I just think that if you use Will Harris in certain situations, I think that could help. That could be a huge and help. To be fair. Um... In this mock scenario, I, uh, I I did this before there was more concrete evidence of Jalen Ramsey coming to Detroit. But um, I personally still – I think that we're in a position where you can get best player available and you just – you go after who you go after and you find a spot on the field for some of these guys. So um, I don't uh, – like I said, if we replace – um, Amani, Harris, and Jacobs, and uh, and I mean, I mean, replaces in like in the lineup or like in the role that they were necessarily in. You replace those guys with Ramsey, uh, Gonzalez, and Forbes. I mean, you're you're you got ten times better. Um, but you know, every the way that we rotate players and the way that we use guys, I very well think that there are there is a room for five or six corners on this team that can like get a healthy amount of playing time. So 
I don't hate I don't hate uh, double dipping like that, but I can see. I'll just tell you, I see the opposition, and I understand where you're coming from. But in this scenario, for me, it's uh, get the best guys that we can. Um, and if even though I took Gonzalez early, if I got Forbes staring me at the face and it's almost pick fifty, it's hard for me to it's hard for me to turn it down. I get it. I'm That's just, just my reasoning behind it. I'm just going with. Um, I, I think that. Like, if you go with Emmanuel Forbes in that situation, like, I think it's, like, overkill. But I'm not going to I'm not gonna keep killing your draft because, you know, it's, like, whatever. But with my pick, with the one I got with the Carolina trade, I'm picking uh, Siaka Ika, the defensive tackle from Baylor. He's somebody I was looking at as well. Um, yeah, so. I, I kind of go back and forth on him and Mozzie Smith. I like Mozzie Smith from Michigan. I think he's going to be a guy who could be – you know, someone that you could really like as a as a defensive tackle. I just I like putting him with uh, with Ali McNeil. I think the way that Ika plays the run. I mean, he's he penetrates so well against the run. Like you've seen it when he played uh, when they played Texas, and he was penetrating Bijan Robinson the whole freaking time. And I Robinson, think he can be our snack Harrison type of guy, like we used to yeah, have back and in the day. The NFL comparison. I'm I'm interested to see what he does at the combine. Because a lot of people think his athleticism isn't that great or his speed isn't that great. One of the things you read is like, you know, he gets he, he sometimes he drops his head taken on a block and loses sight of the ball. You don't like to see that, but one thing I do like about it is he's he he's not a guy who's going to rush the passer. And I would get like yes, I would try to bring back Kaminsky just for that case. And if I draft Tyree Wilson, I could put on a third down, I could put James Houston in that defensive tackle, or maybe I could move Tyree Wilson to the defensive tackle for the pass rush and put Houston on the outside. I just look at it like last year we struggled stopping the run for a lot of the lot, you know, for a majority of the year. I felt yeah. like, I felt like Siaka Ika would be a great pick. I think just like kind of a, a body, a body eater up the middle. Yeah. You need a guy who's just going to man blocks. Cause one of the things we've seen, you know, I love Isaiah bugs. I think he's a great player, but one of the things we've seen last year was he was always getting bodied by other guys and I just didn't like it. And I felt like, this was a significant part of the team where you had to go make a move to get a guy like uh, Ika. I mean, I, I know a lot of people wanted Deron Payne, but even his run, his run uh, PFF grade was not that great. So I, I was glad that if he, uh, Washington franchise tagged them. But I look at a guy like Ika; he's going to be under team control for four years. You got a nasty defensive line, which 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 you just put with the. Uh, the draft of Tyree Wilson, you drafted last year, you drafted Hutchinson and Houston and Pascal. Like you're loading up for Bear on the defensive line. I like the young players on that defensive line because they can all grow together, and that's going to be a great thing for that team. Definitely. Definitely. Um, I, uh, no, I agree. Yeah. Um, so let, it, I just, let me I, see. I just think here's another thing, Tyler. I want to run this past you because I, I don't know if you agree with this or whatever. I feel like if you if you put a little bit of emphasis on the defensive line in this draft, especially like the defensive tackle and the edge, I feel like you can make your defensive you can pick both both sides of the trenches strengths on both sides yeah both sides of the ball. So that's that's why I, I feel this way. Yep. So no, I completely agree. Um, and I uh, I have in my fourth spot at fifty five. Um, and I, after seeing his combine and seeing the evaluations on him, I don't think he makes it this far at all. 
Um, but he was available in this mock draft, so I took him. And that is uh, number 55, uh, Kalijah Kansi, DT out of Pittsburgh. Um, he is a about he's a little short. He's about six um six one, about two eighty. Um, yeah. but man, he is a dog. He can get to the quarterback. I believe he had nine sacks last year. He's a guy um, he's as, a guy he's a guy I like too. I, I really Yeah, like. as a DT spot. Um and you know, obviously when you get uh undersized um DT slightly undersized DT from Pitt, I mean people are immediately gonna go Aaron Donald, right? Yeah. Um but you know, this guy has a lot of, uh, you know, he's nasty. He plays nasty football. He has a good um, feel for the game. And uh, just watching some of his highlights and some of his film breakdown in the um, All-22, um, just he, he he's looking like he uh, – if he if he fell into the 50s or 60s, it's going to be an absolute steal of the century. So you got to go get a guy like that. Yeah, the one thing I like about Cansey, like I really do think that he's going to be a great player in the NFL. Like the way that he plays the game, like the sacks, and I know he's a he's a smaller guy. Um, well, the thing is, he's a bit, he's kind of a, it's weird. It's kind of similar, to, and this is the way that it is similar to Donald is that uh, he's a kind of a big dude, but he plays really small and he plays skinny. He, he you know what I mean? He 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 speed. He uses like kind of finesse and speed moves to get in between guys, but he's big and strong enough to like like power like overpower you while he's doing it it's 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 strange it, um it's like an underdeveloped Aaron Donald type because I mean Aaron Donald in my opinion is one of the top five defensive players in NFL history um from the defensive line I, I, sh- I should rephrase that one of the one of the top five or top 10 defensive linemen especially DTs in NFL history uh there's been a lot of other great defensive players in other positions but Aaron Donald is phenomenal um on the D-line and he is an all-time great and uh saying that someone is like an underdeveloped version of him is not an insult in the least bit well I got bad news for you Tyler <laughs> okay let's hear it can't he just ran the 40 yeah four six eight or four six seven wasn't it that is the fastest 40 time by a defensive tackle since 2000 yeah and people thought it was crazy that jalen uh carter was or not jalen um what's his name last year um big old fat dude oh jordan davis jordan davis jordan davis i don't know why you slipped my mind that's the reason everyone was going so crazy about jordan davis because he ran off four seven six at the size he was i can't see i mean dude jordan davis is a freak though and Listen, I like man, I, I, it's I, not I, no, it's not a Dwight Freeney time, but uh, that that still blows my mind. He he ran like a four three nine at two hundred and seventy five pounds. That's when you're when you're that big and that fast. That's kind of scary. But you know, it's not what I like about your pick though is again it pits on the what the most important part of the team is, and you're trying to define the weaknesses of the team, and you're like, okay, I'm gonna go get a defensive tackle who's gonna be able to rush the passer, get upfield. He's fast. He's got instincts. He had obviously had the sacks. You said nine sacks on the year last year. You know, being at Pitt, you play in the ACC. It's not as you know. There's not a lot of great offensive linemen in that league. I mean, there is some good offensive linemen, not great. But if you're gonna be able to rush the passer like that, I, you got it. You take notice of that. Like nine sacks on a year. It doesn't matter where you went to school. You definitely take notice of that. But I'm glad I. I'm full endorsement of your pick. Obviously, he just ran a four six seven, so I don't think he's going to be there at that spot. But yeah, they're, they're, I was surprised. Some sometimes you get surprised on some of these mocks and where um, where people fall to. And I think it's funny because you see a lot of criticism of people online too of like, okay, yeah, right, dude, that's never gonna like, like, look, 
I'm just going through this mock man and I'm picking who's in front of me. Like it's not my fault that they said that he was gonna go this late. <laughs> my dog has endorsed your picks, just so you know. Awesome. So my next pick, it's gonna be it's gonna honestly we're gonna go totally this is where we're gonna go off the board. Drew Sanders is a linebacker from uh Arkansas. He dropped this. I pick. like Drew Sanders. I do. I like Drew Sanders. That's a good pick. Yeah, he's a guy he's a guy who transferred from Alabama. Um you know, he, he, if you watch him, he's a, what I like, okay, so when I'm looking at linebackers and I'm looking at, like, guys that can, that I'm kind of looking at for the Lions, I want a sideline to sideline guy. You know, if you look at the uh, guys uh, that Kansas City has. Is it funny? He he plays so Alabama. I know it sounds weird to say, unless you, like, know football, know college football, he plays, like, Alabama. Like, he is an Alabama guy. Like, I don't care that he went to Arkansas last year. That guy's Alabama. Well, you could you could definitely see where he got some Alabama coaching the way he plays, but you know, like I was about to say, like I like those linebackers to go sideline to sideline. I, I want my linebacker to be fast enough to get to the ball carrier, either on either sideline, like Malcolm Rodriguez did last year. That would be great, but like obviously you're looking to get another linebacker in there and try to you know make that position. Yeah, you, you need it on the other side of the field too, you know what I mean? You got to you want to have that on both sides. I like that pick a lot, yeah. And I I think with Levante if by us signing Levante David in this scenario, I think it's good to learn from a guy who has as great as play recognition skills as Levante David has. So that's that's a reason I went with Drew Sanders cuz I think in the future when you look forward, you can go Drew Sanders, Malcolm Rodriguez and then you can add in your third linebacker whether it's Derek uh, Derek Barnes or it's not Derek Barnes, but you have the opportunity to add on the linebacking core and that's what you do and I don't think Drew Sanders is going to be there at 48. I would be vastly surprised if he was. But like like we're doing this mock draft and everything changes at a moment's notice. So for all you people out there that want to say like oh that's not going to happen, no one on planet Earth thought that, like, a guy like um, – who was it last year? Derek Stanley went to go above Sauce Gardner. But the Houston Texans were dumb, and they made every – they changed the draft for a lot of teams, especially the Jets. Yeah, I mean, there's there's people that reach every year, and there's things that happen. I mean, there were we, literally we, – We had a freaking general manager in Detroit who reached for Tease Tapor and Jelani Tavai. I'm going to repeat, Jelani Tavai, who went to Hawaii and looked out of place at Hawaii. I mean, now he's turned into a pretty de- decent pro, but second-round pick? Holy mother of God. Well, like, I mean, dude, look, I mean, we they there were some there were some uh, clowns that were claiming, I mean, they were, they were hoping Malik Willis was going to go two to the Lions <laughs> last year. And I totally remember that last year. That dude year. went to the third. I remember that last year. I That was the funniest. That was so funny. There, there was a guy in the the right sports radio station in Detroit. Uh, everyone knows who he is. Um, he's in the middays. Uh, Karsh, Doug Karsh, he does play by play for Michigan football. He wanted Malik Willis at two, and I'm like, holy shit, we have gone totally off the board. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're going. I mean, that guy fell to the third. I mean, and like I said, he was mocked. And he's in the top okay, and everyone, consistently. And everyone, everyone was telling me that this guy was a guy that was going to be like a franchise changing quarterback especially on Detroit Lions news. And I was like, holy shit, like these people are actually buying this stuff. Like he went to Tennessee and like, if Tennessee does need a quarterback, if Malik Willis is not, if was, if he was any good, he would overplace. Uh, he would, he would step in the place of uh, Ryan Tannehill and they'd actually look good. 
there was people who were like, just give us Tannehill back. Like, just give us him back. Like, I can't take much more of this Malik Willis guy. So that's that's why we're asking. With... If you're asking for Tannehill back, you're not doing well. Yeah, it's um, it's, it's, it's like uh, it's like asking like, you just bought a new house and you're like, oh my god, like just give me back the cardboard box. Um, so I've got my last four picks, and, and I'll go over these a little bit quicker because, uh, you know, they're a little bit later, guys. Yep. Uh, I've got at 81, I've got Jack Campbell, uh, linebacker, Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um, I like uh, he I like his height. Um, Love he's that a li- Yeah, he's a little bit stiff, a little bit, but, I mean, uh, he's a tall linebacker. He kind of gives you some, like, um, some kind of that tall linebacker, some reminiscence of, like, uh, you know, the Stork, some Ted Hendricks coming back a little bit. You know, he plays a little bit more old school football. I mean, he said he's tall and he um, he has decent ball skills. Um, I believe he was a tight end in high school. Um, and then we have uh, at 154, um, just to add a little bit of t- uh, tight end depth, I've got uh, Luke Schoonmacher um, from the uh, Michigan Wolverines. Schoon. Um, Schoonmaker, uh, Schoon. baby. maker. Okay, yeah, I'm not a Michigan fan, man, so I, uh, I mess up seeing his name sometimes. I'm not um, then I've got <laughs> I've got 183. I've got us getting uh, Deuce Vaughn uh, out of Kansas State. He actually kind of eerily reminds me of uh, DeAndre Swift, to be honest with you. Um, and uh, I got Deuce Vaughn uh, at 183. And then at 194, I've got Max Duggan, uh, who will fill up that uh, kind of long-term backup role that could potentially develop into um, a starter at some point, um, you know, maybe when Jared Goff, uh, you know, gets older and uh, maybe doesn't have it anymore. Um, so, yeah, Jack Campbell, uh, Luke Schoenmaker, um, Deuce Vaughn, and Max Duggan are my final four picks on this mock. Okay, so out of those four picks, I really love the pick of uh, Jack Campbell. I think Jack Campbell is uh, – he's going to be he's gonna be a tough linebacker. I think – I kind of compare Jack Campbell to um like the guy that's at uh that for Kansas City is Jack Cicci. You know, he's a mm-hmm. good he's a good player. He's 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 not gonna look out of sorts, he's just smart. Like that's the kind of guys that you want on the football team. Like you want on your 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 team. Like they're gonna they're not gonna look out of place at any time. Like that's just the way it goes. So I do like the Jack Campbell one. The Deuce Vaughn one is an interesting one because not only did Deuce Vaughn win me a parlay last year, which credit credit to Deuce Vaughn because that was an amazing uh, two touchdown effort. I think he was playing against, uh, I think it was Baylor or something. But to watch that guy, like he he's so smooth the way he runs, like he really is. And I I just oh, yeah. I would love I would dude I would love uh, Deuce Vaughn, but I I just think that like if you look at Deuce Vaughn. The one thing I worry about is is durability. Like you said, it was yeah. De- you said it was DeAndre Swift, and I kind of agree because like DeAndre Swift, the one thing that DeAndre Swift does all the time is he just can't stay healthy. That's that's one of the issues that I have with DeAndre Swift, and I'm, you have the same issue. Um, he can't stay healthy. Like that's the major thing, and I'm I'm just kind of like over it. Like I don't want the same running back that we have here, and I like the Schoonmaker one. I think Schoonmaker is like a really reliable tight end. I don't think he's not. I don't think he's a guy that's gonna. Um, that's yeah, gonna I don't think he's ever gonna compete for like a. You know, he's never gonna be like a top twenty tight end no, no, no. or anything. But, but, I, but I think he's reliable be, depth. He's gonna be a reliable guy. I think that he could be like a guy like. I'm searching for the name. I think. Um, 
Oh, man. Oh, what's the guy? Uh, I think he's just a reliable tight end. I don't think he's anything special, but I don't think he's going to cost you a game. Kind of like a Brock Wright. Like, I don't think he's going to Yeah. He's, or like a ceiling could be kind of more like, a, what's the dude, Um, the uh, Blake Jarwin? Oh, yeah, Blake Jarwin or Dalton Schultz. Yeah, that I, I could groove with those comparisons. Like, those are good comparisons. Like, I kind of – Dalton Schultz was actually the one I was thinking of, Dalton Schultz, the tight end from Dallas. So, I like that a lot. I think Schoonmaker is going to be – I remember Blake Jarwin, he had that one catch that one time with Dak Prescott where he saved Dak Prescott's ass. You know, we all know how Dak Prescott will overthrow people all the time. <laughs> But uh, here's the thing. So I got my picks, and um, I think I'm down. Yeah. So I got I got four. I got five picks left. I got pick fifty five, which you went over. I I picked the offensive guard. Pick fifty five. Wait, no, I didn't pick an offensive guard. My bad. I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking at the wrong freaking mock draft. Yeah, I was gonna say fifty five. Yeah, that was when you took. Uh, oh, did you not? I thought you picked fifty five. Right? I thought you picked. No, uh, I, I picked forty eight. I, at fifty five, oh, okay. at fifty five, I took Sam Laporta, the tight end from Iowa. Okay, no, he's, do, he's decent. tight end, I, you baby. I don't know why, but he gives me he gives me George Kittle vibes. Okay, he gives me George Kittle vibes. At eight, pick eighty one, I went running back, and I went Chase Brown from Illinois. I love Chase Brown, the way he played against Illinois. I mean, the, no, the way Chase he, Brown's a beast. The way he played at Illinois, like the way he ran the holes, I love out of that guy. Like I just. I can only imagine him, him and Jamal Williams and, and the same, you know, coming out. And then you mix DeAndre Swift in the game. I think that would be absolutely phenomenal. The, the fun part about these uh, these drafts is that, like, actually envisioning these guys on your team. Like, not, you know, I mean, not just doing it, but actually envisioning it. Yeah, I think that's exactly what I'm like. I'm, I'm like, when I look at Chase Brown, I, I go, okay, I can see him running through the holes and, and getting some yards and, and, and I think he could be a complete steal of the draft. I think there's two running backs that I look at as a steal of the draft. I love Keandre Miller from T- TCU. I think he's going to be a stud. And I think Chase Brown's going to be an absolute stud, too. And if you really want an outside-the-box name, Roshan Johnson, who is behind B. John Robinson, I think he's going to be pretty damn good, too. There you go. So, with... So, after Chase Brown, who we got next? So, with my... After my Chase Brown pick... Which is going to be pick 180, 154. Got him. These numbers are screwing me up because we're going so fast. Um, I picked 154. I'm picking Braden Daniels, the offensive guard from Utah. Okay. I like Braden Daniels. I think one of the things that he he's he's a mean streak player. I think put him next to I think put him him next to uh, Frank Ragnow uh, and Sewell. Dude, you can have the meanest right side of the line that you would ever have in any league. I, I, and I agree. I think we do need an offensive lineman at some point. Uh, I kept seeing a name that's been kind of circulating around, and I keep seeing him um, in different rounds. And, and I'm going to go over my dream mock next because although it's a dream mock and it's kind of fun, I, I actually do think there's a realistic possibility that a, a decent amount of those could happen, and I'll explain why. But as far as uh, that name that I keep seeing thrown around there and like the uh, anywhere from like the second to fourth for us is uh, Steve uh, Avilia out of TCU. Oh, yeah. I wanted him so bad, but he's going to go early because he's going to test off the charts. Yeah, I so say he's looking like a really, uh, really mean, gritty, athletic fucking um, guard, man. So uh, I'm, it'd be cool to see him if he were to slide. I love that TCU offensive line. I thought they were very, you know, they were just – they were really 
veteran-led, and they really just made some great blocks for their running backs, especially in that game against Michigan, the college football playoff. Sorry, Michigan fans, but that's the way it was. Like they played so good, and you just love you just love to see it. Like you, you really do love to see uh, a guy like that as an offensive guard. He was just powerful. But I like Braden Daniels because you know he, the guy was a three-star recruit coming out of high school. I mean, he's got some really good characteristics to him. A lot of people, you know, they think that he's in a zone running scheme, whatever. I think he'd be a great player to put next to Penisola and Frank right now. I mean, to be honest, we had Coyote uh, Oshika as one of our guards this year, and he didn't look bad. I mean, if you just get a guy who's suitable, he doesn't even have to be at the level of Jonah Jackson or, or Taylor Decker or Frank Ragdow or Penny Sewell. He just has to be decent enough. And I like Brayden Daniels because the way he the way he blocked against the run was fantastic. So I, I love that pick. So with my next pick in the draft, in our mock draft, pick 183, I have Aiden O'Connell, the quarterback from Purdue. Yeah, I don't – I've seen a lot of good things about him, man. Um, I, I see a lot of, like, high-end back uh, QB2 with, like, some definitely some QB1 potential if, uh, you know, is learning behind the right guy. Um, I, I've been seeing a lot on him, so um, I can't – like. He's not a he's guy. Not a bad guy. He's not a guy who's gonna be like outside the pocket. He's not gonna be a runner or whatever. But I just like the way that he plays. Like, I, to be honest, like he doesn't have this uh, ultra. If he had a, this, this great arm, he would be in the. Um, he would obviously be in the first round. But his short passing. But he has a deep ball that is really really good. And I just like that. And and, and to have him in the same room as Jared Goff, I think that would be a huge. Uh, step up, especially in your quarterback depth. I mean, like, obviously, Jared Goff's not going to be at risk of losing his job to Aiden O'Connell, but I think that that would give more reassurance that, like, you know, Jared Goff would be able to help Aiden O'Connell, you know, maybe help him with recognizing blitzes and doing that kind of stuff when he's on a scout team. That would be pretty, yeah. that'd be pretty impressive. And I like that. I toyed with the, I toyed with getting DTR earlier but I, I just like the Aiden O'Connell especially at that spot I love it and my next pick I gotta go kicker because I think kicker is one of the most underappreciated uh, spots on a team and that's Jake Moody from Michigan I here's where I love Jake Moody I'm not a Michigan fan I thought he was a great kicker the way he kicked some clutch kicks I thought he was just you know money Moody that's what they call him and he's money and listen we had the money badger last year and I like Badgley, but I don't like him that much. And I think Jake Moody, being a hometown kid, I think he would love to be a Detroit Lion. And let's be honest, between him or Chad Ryland, you can't go wrong because they got powerful legs and they, they're accurate. So it, a lot of people would get pissed because you, you drafted a kicker early, I mean, in the sixth round or whatever. Screw that because the Bengals did it with – um, what's the kid's name? Uh, Evan McPherson from Florida. And then last year, uh, Cleveland did it with Chase McLaughlin or whatever from, I think, I forget where he was from. But they drafted a kicker. Kickers are important. If, and if you don't think they're important, just look at Justin Tucker. He is an absolute freaking machine. Not every kicker is going to be Justin Tucker, but you just want a reliable kicker because we've seen with Dallas, if you don't have a reliable kicker, you're in a bad situation. Absolutely. No, I I, I like those picks. I like uh, I like the Moody pick a lot. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I see the, um, 
I see the reasoning behind all those picks. And I think it really, I think this is one of those um, drafts where we really load up on some top level talent in the first few rounds, but we actually may have the luxury of using the, the, the later rounds to build a little bit of depth. Uh, I, I think that great teams always have a lot of depth. And that's one thing we've never really been able to have is a lot of depth um, just because, you know, typically when you're trying to, save a certain position group or just kind of be a, a complete football team. You're always worried about getting that star talent up front. But once you start hitting on these drafts, like Bob, uh, Bob, Jesus Christ, Brad Holmes, not Bob Quinn. Um, Brad Holmes has hit on so many of these picks that we're actually in finally in a position where we can kind of afford to draft for depth in the fifth, sixth, seventh rounds now, which is something that we haven't been able to do for a long time. So um you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what that looks like, and I think that a lot of your picks there make sense. So, yeah, I just think that you go. You, you said about depth. Depth is depth is so important, especially in the. Well, that's what that's what's the between the good and the great teams. I mean, yeah, some of these some of these great teams. I dude, the the you know some of these great teams, the Eagles and the Chiefs and all these guys. I mean, they you might look and be like, oh, their team doesn't look that stacked, but they've got depth at every position. I mean, look at the 49ers. They made it to the. Uh, they made it to the conference championship with practically a undra- you know, a, a seventh round rookie quarterback in the team. That's that's pretty impressive. But oh, you, yeah, have, absolutely. you have this dream draft. Let me let me hear this. Yeah, so um I have a uh dream draft here. Um so I am um in this scenario I've got um I've got Jalen Carter. Uh, and we did double dip in the position again, um, but it's linebacker this time. Um, so we've got um, sixth overall, Jalen Carter, dropping to the Lions due to some ongoing uh, off the field issues. Um, I know that it's not really – doesn't really seem to be enough to scare certain teams, but um, if, if, if there's a few teams that are kind of on the edge about it and, and it spooks somebody um, – I'm look, I'm, I'm kind of hoping and praying for a miracle. I'm on the other end of – look. I don't condone some of the behaviors that were shown or some of the bad judgment that was made, but look, prayers to the families that were affected in that race um, between him and that other car that held those other individuals. Um, But, you know, people have lapses of judgment and people make mistakes. It wasn't him directly that resulted in the death of someone. It was in, you know, that he was kind of engaging in activity of a, of a street race that, two other people, uh, people in another car were, um, crashed and, and passed away. Um, look, it was pa- poor judgment. Um, but I do think that, you know, people learn from their mistakes and he's a young kid. And, and I really believe in our staff and the guys, um, around the, the building that, um, you know, maybe have gone through tough times in their young life and their young career. So I, uh, I think that people are gonna, I, I think that, if he falls to six, I, I think that, you know, I've always, uh, contrary to what Todd, um, Todd McDumbass uh, or Todd McShay, sorry, um, always says, I, I do think I've always seen Jalen Carter from what I've seen as far as um, things he does around the community and he does for Georgia. That he actually is a really high character, good guy. Um, he's just a young kid who made a, a dumb and immature mistake and was out drinking and racing, racing with his buddies. So um, it's just one of those things, but I'm I'm uh, I'm hoping that he falls to the lines at six in this scenario. So, um, 
Let's see. In the... Uh, Yeah, I did, I did like that Jalen Carter pick. Obviously, you know, we all know what's going on with Jalen Carter. This is going to happen a lot with these kids that get the NIL. That's just my opinion. It's going to happen a lot more because you're giving kids that are 18, 19, 20. I mean, the maturity isn't always there. We know that for a fact because me and you were 18, 19, 20 at one point. But when you right. look at it, when you look at it, like they're getting major money. And they're get they're in fast cars, and they were t- saying that Jalen Carter wasn't a track hawk. I mean, I'm 28 years old, and I don't even think I would trust myself in a track hawk, to be honest. So, I, I could see where it happens so quickly that you don't really think about it in the broad spectrum. I mean, I know all these ass hats that's out there. They're like, oh, I would never have done it. Shut the hell up. Like, I, all these people that say right. that they would never do something. Hey, listen, man, I'm pretty positive we've all done something that could have gotten us or someone else killed, as, cra- as crazy as that sounds. And I'm not condoning that at all. But no, I mean, no, no. It happens. You, you, like, make, you, take, you, you make irrational decisions when you're yeah, young. You, and... you make an irrational decision driving down a highway or something. You, you, it could always backfire. So what's the rest of your draft to get to it? Like, uh, yeah, yeah. To go out through. Yep. So uh, um, I just wanted to cover that real quick, that I think Jalen Carter is a huge possibility. Uh, these next picks, as far as this dream draft for mine goes, is going to be Devon Weatherspoon at uh, 18. Um, Emmanuel – or, uh, no, uh, sorry, Devin Weatherspoon at 18. Uh, Drew Sanders at 48. Michael Meyer at 55. And then we got – the last four picks being Jack Campbell, um, Jackson Kirkland, offensive tackle from Washington. That guy is a monster. He's like 6'7", 330, and he plays mm-hmm. nasty. What a beast. Um, and then, yeah, and then I traded back into the seventh round, and my last three picks were um, Deuce Vaughn, Max Duggan, and Jake Moody. If, we got um, if Michael, that was the haul I got. If we got, Michael, if we got Michael Mayer at 55, I'd be so happy. Um, I like a I like Emmanuel Forbes. There you go, double dipping with corners again. I don't know what. It no, is. no, I uh, I switched. There was uh, I did I did Devin Witherspoon and then Drew Drew Sanders at forty eight. Oh, you went Drew Sanders. Okay. Yep. Okay. Because yeah, I, 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 I switched I, that one out. So Jackson Kirkland, I like that pick. I like Max Duggan too. I don't know how his NFL arm is going to be. That's why it's going to be interesting to see what happens at the combine. But Jackson Kirkland, that guy plays with such a mean streak, dude. I love it. Like, yeah, he, he kind of reminds me of a, a poor man's version of Taylor Decker. Well, he's rated in like the one fifties and one sixties uh, in these drafts, you know. So like, I don't, I, I don't I know, I don't know if he can transfer to guard though. That's the one thing I worry about. But it's just yeah. I mean, that's definitely a thought. But it's it, it, same kind of thing. One of those things where you get a bunch of nasty guys on that line, and you're just like, hey, go play somewhere. Like we need you here. Go here. That's exactly it. So. Listen, a lot of stuff is going to happen. It's going to change this whole draft. We're going to look stupid in another week because the combine is going to happen. There's going to be guys that rock it up the, the board. There's going to be guys that drop down on the board. I think that's going to be me right now saying, oh, I want Kansi at 55 and then watching on the damn TV just running a 465. Like, okay, never mind. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's, it's it's funny because I I was looking at my I was looking at my draft and I was like, okay, Drew Sanders probably isn't going to be there. Everything could change in a minute. I mean, we could all play speculative of what's going to happen, but we're just going, these are fun. we're just going off what could happen. And by the time we get to the draft, we're going to be like so over the mock drafts. But we're going to do a mock draft after the combine, so we'll do a mock draft 2.0, and then after free agency settles down for a minute. We'll do our 3.0 and then the final mock. So that'd be fun as hell. But and that final mock will probably be be somewhere about a week before draft time. 
Yeah, a week before draft time. That would be a yeah, good one. Just give something people to stew over. Yeah, so it's going to be fun. I, 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 When you do these mock drafts, it's so difficult because a lot of times you go, okay, this guy might be there, and then you're talking yourself into it. Maybe he's going to be there, and then you're like – then at, at draft time, you're like, okay, he's not there. So – Dude, I also saw I also saw the Raiders get Cleveland Farrell at four. So I mean, anything was possible, man. <laughs> like, well, what you was get that? a guy reach up that bad for somebody like that blows the whole draft board open. Well, what was that one draft where I think it was Cle? I think it was that Cleveland Farrell draft, and then there was a guy. There was a there's a bunch of drafts where someone just takes someone. It's usually the Raiders too. I don't know what it is. The about Cleveland the Farrell one is where we got Hockett. It's where we got Hockett and eight or whatever. Oh, that was the draft. Yeah, that that was a that yep. was that was a draft. That was a wild draft. But yeah, it's just, it's just interesting to note. And obviously, everything's going to change. But I thought both of our drafts were well put together. So yeah, I think people I, are really. Uh, I think really people are really really going to enjoy this episode of, of the podcast. And I think we're going to put it on YouTube and just let it go. But um, well, it's one of those things too, man. As this stuff comes up, like you said, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that is changing. But um, I mean. You think it's hard for us uh, to just—I uh, mean, not hard, but you know—you think it's it's tough as a fan. Like, oh, who do I go for? Who do I pick? Well, you know what happens when you're in a, a huge room and you got you know guys that you thought would be you know not not even a chance at being available at six or eighteen, and next thing you know, you're staring them right in the face. You're like, you're, you know, your philosophy has to change on the on the drop of a dime. Um, I mean, the, the the Bears do something like go get like. Harris Johnson at number one, then you're like, oh, oh well, well, oh, whoa, 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 shit. Um, yeah, it, it, dude, you know, one, you know. one, one, I always tell people, like, all it would take is Arizona to trade out of that third pick, and then you have three quarterbacks go ahead of you, and it's like it leaves maybe a Jalen Carter or, or Will Anderson to come at to you. That's all it takes. Like, you go, if, if someone gets happy about Will Levis, maybe someone drafts to goes up and gets Will Levis. Like, you don't know how this thing can go, and it's just fun because looking at all the scenarios, like you're gonna see everything happen in real time. Yep, and that's the fun part about being a fan is uh, we get to sit back and enjoy, and maybe uh, I, I'm just I'm I'm dude. If if Bob Quinn were still our GM, I would not be uh, I would not have much faith heading into this free agency. But I feel like this, uh, listen, I feel yeah. like. I feel like every Lions fan can say the same thing. Like in years past, you're like, "Holy shit, what are we gonna do at the draft? That's gonna totally be so freaking stupid!" Like you, you're just like, "Oh my god!" Like I'm like I'm kind of like you have an anxiety attack over what's gonna happen at the draft. With Brad Holmes, I'm like, "Okay, this dude's got it." Like there's two GMs I don't worry about in this town. It used to be three, but then Troy Weaver decides to pick up every freaking first round pick from the gates of hell. I don't know what's going on with that. <laughs> but it, it, there's only two general managers in this, this town that I, I have full confidence in 100% because it seems like whatever they do, it just they just turn water into wine. And it's Steve Eisenman and it's Brad Holmes. Those are the two guys, like, you look at their drafts in the past, like, two years, three years, especially with Brad Holmes just coming here. Obviously, it's easier to rebuild in the NFL. But, like, you look at the drafts and you look at some of the prospects that they've been able to put together and, and players that they've been put together on this roster, like, you're just like, holy crap, like, these guys can really well, draft. Th- think about this, dude. Think, think about this, right? The Lions were 9-7 and seven, um, in 2015. Um, and um, they 
Their draft class that year was Taylor Decker, Ashawn Robinson, Graham Glasgow, Miles Kilbrew, Joe Dahl, Antoine Williams, Jake Rudock, Anthony Zettel, Jimmy Landis, and Dwayne Washington. That might be the worst draft class I've ever seen in my entire life of any team, of any sport. Well, well, Taylor, <laughs> Taylor Decker was good. What was that one year? What's What was that one year? I, I'm thinking of the one year. Um, Give me – I'm trying to think of it. Hold up. Um, There was one year where that class was that class was bad too. I'm trying to think of it. What was the year? I think it was the year we picked um, Ebron. Mm-hmm. No, no, I take it back. I'm because I'm looking at it right now. Okay, so, um, got it. It won't pull up right now. Okay, I'm I'm good now. Uh, it was twenty. It was twenty. Okay, there was there was a couple years where it was pretty bad. So in 2014, this was this is pretty bad. Eric Ebron, Kyle Van Noy, Travis Swanson, Nevin Lawson, which he wasn't that bad, but he, he was a pass interference machine. Larry Webster. <laughs> Larry Webster. Karan Reed. That's, a, that's an insanely horrid draft class. TJ Jones, the wide receiver from Notre Dame. And Nate Free is the kicker. Oh, my God, that was horrible. Oh, I, uh, I, I, I always had, like, a soft spot. It was, like, a fan favorite, TJ Jones. I, I thought he was I thought he was pretty decent, but um man, that was just it just it went to hell. Yeah, there's another one I'm thinking of. The one I was thinking of off the top of my head. Listen to this draft. This was twenty twelve. Riley Reef, Ryan Broyles, Bill Bentley, Ronal Lewis, Tahir Whitehead, which he was pretty good, Chris Greenwood, John Tay Green, and Travis Lewis. <laughs> Holy shit! This guy's pick- oh, man. man. We've had some. We've had some bad drafts in Detroit. Holy mother of God! Even 2019, like that the, with the Hawkinson draft, Devi, Will Harris. Will Harris hasn't been as bad. Austin Bryant, Aware, Fulgham, Johnson. There's only like three players that are on that 2019 draft that are on the team. Holy mother of God! No wonder we're we're in such a uh, anxiety ridden mother uh, guys when we get to the draft. Holy mother of God! Or what about what about the 2018 draft when he drafted Nick Bolden, Tyrell Crosby, Deshaun Hand? Oof. I'll tell you what, man. You go back in these drafts and you start getting anxiety about what what could have been because you obviously had you obviously had Matthew Stafford at that time, and with Brett Holmes, like I I don't feel the same way that I felt back then. I I think we're we all had hope, but it just never materialized. Yeah, man. Well, I'm excited to see what this combine looks like. I'm excited to see what the rest of um, you know, what what the rest of how the rest of the shapes out. I think the drafts what at the end of April. Yeah, end of April, uh, April 28th or something. Um, we may we might be doing a live stream that night, so. Uh, We'll 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 get we'll kind of lay the groundwork for that. But uh, this has been a great podcast, Tyler. We obviously got a lot done, and uh, I think the people are going to really enjoy our picks. And they can snooze us all they want, or you know, bust our balls about the picks. But I think that next week when we come back with another mock draft after the combine, I think that'll be I think that'll be more kind of situated than this one that we have right now. Yep, I think so too, and I think our 2 and our 3.0 will be much, obviously much more clarified. This is just kind of an early mock. 
So I, uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. Let's, uh, I'm really looking forward to watching the combine. If you guys don't have much going on, um, uh, going on this, uh, this weekend, there will be, um, the combine going on all weekend. So it's uh, cool to kind of see some of those guys. Um, Dan, before we go, Dan Campbell said something. He's like, I'm not, I, I don't, uh, draft, we don't draft players based on how they run around in their pajamas. Um, so I thought that was kind of funny. I, I love that. Uh, I love that quote because you know how many times people fall in love with the guy just because of the combine. Oh yeah. And like, I think that gives us a big advantage because it allows guys to, you know, move around where they normally, you know, wouldn't have, uh, you know, wouldn't have been taken. And, um, one thing that they he said that he really really likes the combine for him and Brad Holmes both is they get a chance to meet a lot of players face to face. Yeah, and he likes that they're, he, they're big into leadership. And, and the one you know, thing, the one thing that I, I read that he, the one thing I read that he likes is FBI called football intelligence, and I love that term because listen, you can't have enough intelligent football players on the field. It doesn't mean that they're like freaking Einstein on uh, you know they can solve like the nuclear code or anything. They just got to be smart in the football field. That's all I care about. <laughs> right. Yep. So, great podcast today, Tyler. Obviously, we're going to get this up and loaded for the guys, uh, for you guys. I don't know, probably, I think it's going to go out Friday. Uh, we'll we'll definitely uh, see what you guys think of the mock draft. And uh, next week, we'll have an even better, clearer picture of the mock draft, especially with the combine going on this weekend. But this would be a good primer if you're listening to the, you're watching the combine. You could listen to this and you could be like, "God dang, Tyler just told me to take a guy who just ran one of the fastest forties ever." At fifty five. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see you guys next week on another episode of the Detroit Lions News podcast. Rate, subscribe, and you can follow us on Facebook at Detroit Lions News, Twitter at Detroit Pride. And you can follow us on Instagram. We're on there, too. You can get all your, your news and notes. And, um, yeah, we're going to have some good things coming. So stay tuned for that. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. All right. See you guys.